0: Hi, I'm Frances LaCuesta, and you're listening to Big Impact Women. This podcast explores what it's like to live life in purpose, to discover our unique gifts and be a contribution to the world. Each episode features conversations with courageous women thought leaders, spiritual teachers, authors, artists, and social entrepreneurs on making an impact with their work, navigating through the challenges and struggles they face in their lives and the lessons they learn from these experiences.
1: The understanding of heart space is a gentle holding space where all feelings, thoughts, and sensations are welcome. So it is a space where we can have a loving relationship with our complexity and contradiction. So no pushing or pulling, just is. Okay.
0: Christine Samuel is a curious explorer who finds delight in experiencing the unknown and sharing her ever-growing understanding of living from the heart space. She left her 20 years of a corporate career to follow her hearth's path with a mission to be a living example and create a nurturing space for others in their journey of self-discovery and transition through coaching, inner work training, and facilitation. Here's my conversation with Christine Samuel. So hi Christine, it's such a pleasure to have you here and welcome
1: to the show. Thank you, Francis. Thank you for inviting me. It's such an honor to be here with you. Of course. So um, I just want to
0: go and dive into um, the interview portion now. When I was reading about your story and preparing for this, I I can't help but you know relate to it. So you came to Canada from Indonesia, now without a lot of resources, right? Financially, yeah. emotionally, right? You left your family and the life that you know behind to start a new one. Mm-hmm. Now, as an immigrant myself, I can relate so much to that story. But can you tell us what that journey was like for you?
1: Um, looking back, I'm glad I did it. but. There's a time where I thought, wow, that's such a naive <laughs> such <laughs> right. a naive move, right? But I think that's and and again, we only can make sense of everything through looking back. And I thought it's because I think there's already a calling for me to go away. And I think that's that's been my journey to kind of go away and then reflect and question, not not in a not in a bad way but like questioning who I am what why I'm here for Um, and through my journey you know like moving away from my family like from the other side of the world and then moving away from corporate career is where my my tremendous growth came from the reason why because you know as we grew up we always have this people around us start labeling us right like as a kid you know yes i was labeled as clumsy because um when i grew up you know those in in the 70s where in asia you cannot use your left hand you have to use your right hand to do things or you know to communicate or to shake other people's hand but i'm i'm i was left-handed um, so, living with uh, big families and, you know, cousins and relatives, people said, don't use your left hand, use your right hand. So, as, a, you know, four or five years old <laughs> girl, like, I get confused because when I use my right hand, then... I start breaking stuff like glasses, mm-hmm. plate, because my brain was confused. Then I start getting labeled as clumsy, mm-hmm. and that's what I believe. I didn't trust myself. Um, so, and then you know, a lot of other things about culture, right? Like what is beautiful in in certain culture is is different than than the other culture. Um, by I always have the longing to, even when I was in. Um, junior high to kind of like my life is somewhere out there. But I didn't, it's it's more like along the way than I I I found out. But moving away, it's like being by myself again. I gone through a lot of um in a way suffering because it's very lonely. It's alone. But I think that is the part where I can look at my own resources inner. Right. Because otherwise, like I always can depend on my family, depends on my skill, depends on my experience. But but when it's not there um, anymore, when things are the outside doesn't really doesn't cannot really um, you cannot depend on the outside. You have to go inside. Mm -hmm. And I think looking back that that's been my journey to, you know, to be kind of pulled from things that I know to something unknown and then start again. Anyway, I hope that's answered. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so that's, um, that's really beautiful. And um, you talk about, you know, how growing up being in, I mean, culturally, and I can relate to that as well. It's also being labeled, right? So on your end, it's about being clumsy. Me, I was labeled as somebody who is quiet because I don't talk as much. And I didn't, of course, understand at like four or five years old that I was, you know, being introverted. And I thought that it was, um, that there was something wrong with me because I cannot express myself the same way that my siblings can, you know, for the more extroverted, uh, more, um, uh, yeah, extroverted um, siblings that I have. And growing up as that, um, labeled that, in being, of course, in a culture wherein I am also told to be, in order to be successful in life, you have to be a doctor, uh, to be in the medical field, to be an engineer and stuff like that. But I was more of like um, an artist, you know? So I I didn't want to have anything to do with the medical profession. So I, I guess um, uh, with what your, was your story is like, Uh, being able to move bravely, right? Knowing that you might say it's like, oh, it's kind of naive during that time. But then maybe during that time, it made so much sense because your body, mind, heart is like telling you to, that this is no longer the place for you.
1: Yes. And and this is the thing about, you know, we're going to talk about it later about the moving to heart space. It's like, we we have desire to be useful we have desire to make difference we have desire to use our gifts and and at the same time we are very influenced by you know what what the culture believe right like you said about when we are labeled we said oh there's something wrong with me um and then one thing that is very strong in me i think you you probably experienced it too the culture where to be successful you have to work hard yes right? so is, is that true it's 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 that's that's something that i'm i'm i kind of um opening up right now but it is the way how can we really take a look at ourselves and and differentiate between who we are and what we've been conditioned
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that discovery of that is like doing the inner work, which you also mentioned that in times when it's been a struggle or we go through something that is challenging or difficult, that's actually the time that we also begin to understand right? a huge chunk of maybe trying to make sense of what life wants from us. And um, of course, we don't want to be in that space. We don't want to be always in a difficult spot.
2: We know it's uncomfortable. Yeah,
0: it is. But when we are going through that, we learn from it. Yes. So um, I know that uh, part of your story is you also discovering that you have high functioning anxiety. Mm-hmm. and having to work and navigate through that as well mm-hmm. and you also mentioned about um you know having a an autoimmune disease mm-hmm. and how you overcame that so can you just tell us um a little bit about that
1: yeah the the high functioning anxiety is pretty interesting because um so the story was um i i move up my career ladder and one day I was, um, you know, I I live in Toronto and I had to lead like executive um, design workshops um, in Cupertino. It's a, and then it's all up to me, right? Like I'm, 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 I'm the facilitator lead. And as what come to me is like, I know with my clumsiness, what I believe inside, Mm I hold something I'm going to screw it up. <laughs> Things fault, right? So I'm just worried. I'm so I was so worried that it's I'm going to screw this up. And what happened is I I I was so stressed out and I start developing like a rash that I never had before. Oh, wow. uh, like maybe a, a night before the, before before the the workshops. And what happened is then I went for a run, a jog around the, around the hotels. I came back and I start doing journaling. And, and I realized what happened. So I went back and figured out that it's all, it's basically my inner, you know, we all, we all have development, developmental trauma. So going back to that is like, oh, this is this is not. I thought that's who I am. So I realized that um, I, before I thought I'm, you know, that, that's the way I I was. But I realized it's not. It's because of my childhood experience.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I was uh, at that moment I realized, you know, this is my my um, trauma acting out, right? Um, so I have some kind of dialogue with with my inner child and say it's okay you can rest because i you know i'm i'm i i'm i'm adult now Mm -hmm. right from even countries start my career like oh yeah i realize i'm i'm okay like i'm not really (laughs) screwed up um and so then i that the realizations that oh okay this is this is that high functioning anxiety is coming from that childhood experience where I never really trust myself because I'm everything that I hold, that I have ownership, I was worried I'm gonna screw it up.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: So being able to differentiate between, oh, that's just my my past life, um, part of the trauma, and this is me, and being able to see, look, this I've done this. I moved to different countries, I, you know, I I work really hard and I manage. Um, that means I'm not you know, I'm not that person anymore. That's mm-hmm. just a... So that's where I starting to know that is, and also I've been reading a lot of stuff that I, that is a high functioning anxieties. Um, another thing about the autoimmune disease is because of that stress, because, you know, like mm-hmm. my, my tension in my body was like, it's always tension because like, I try not to mess, mess things up. Right. Even though from, from outside it, it looks, I, I look very calm. Um and from there I start to realize, hey, there's something that I need to do about this. Um, so I read I read a lot of alternative medicines, um, acupuncture, reflexologies, um, Chinese traditional medis- medicines, um, work on my diet, work on meditations, um, work more on my inner self, work on psychology. Um, and through that, I get to know myself, I get to know how to do self-care, to take care of myself more, to get to know, you know, when I feel something, because before it's like, I don't know what I feel, Mm -hmm. it's tense, I just want to go further, right, faster. But it's allow me, not like right away, but slowly to know, oh, there's something that I need that I need to pay attention to.
0: also important to have this like you know having a growth mindset Mm -hmm. to um, not back down Mm -hmm. not in the sense that to strive or to push but really having that you know seeing that what you've went through or what we go through in life is that something that's teaching us Mm -hmm. so and then how do we apply that right now that i know how do we apply that so It's that continuous also, um, you know, asking questions, asking the right questions. And you you mentioned about um, growing up and then being labeled as someone who is clumsy. And then, you know, as a grown up, you still have that part of you that's acting that out. And then asking the question, is this this true? Am I still that clumsy five-year-old that, you know, that I used to be? And seeing that no, I'm not, and challenging it at the same time that I'm no longer that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a child; I didn't know any better. So I think it's important to look at that that way that we are no longer our childhood traumas. Mm-hmm. But if we are traumatized, and a lot of us are, now how do we move from that? Right, mm-hmm. and in the same way, how do we use that traumatic experience to um, helping others or to be like who are we called here to be so I mean, I think it's evolving it. how do we evolve the trauma into something that is how to un unwound ourselves you know, so
1: okay, I'm just like thinking you. No, I, I love I love your questions um, and i think I think that you know when you see we we're so dualistic right in our intellect and analytical analytical mind. We always want to label something. We want to structure something so we understand. When we understand, we feel in control, right? So by labeling is good or bad, and we we limit ourselves. But that's the thing. The only way we can see everything makes sense is not like when we, it's not at the moment when we feel uncertainty, When we don't know, Mm -hmm. it's not because that's that's what we always do. Our intellectual brain always go into trying to make a story when things doesn't make sense. But sense making happens when we look back. Mm. So a lot of I I met a lot of women, and those women who are like very driven, uh, doing their like living their purpose. It's coming usually the purpose coming from their suffering in the past. Right? Trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they want to help people who are in who are who was themselves at one time doing uh experience that those trauma. And I think that's that's the beauty of humanity. It's like it's not everything is not like beautiful and successful and smooth. It 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 is in those suffering, in those pain, in those challenges that we it's it's the learning, you know, the mm-hmm. it's a different kind of uh School methodology, right? Yeah. <laughs> in life, uh, that lesson that we learn coming usually coming from challenges, not coming from smooth, you know, yeah.
2: safe
1: <laughs> time. Um, so, how can we see that as an opportunity instead of uh, something that block us? Because in even in in our, you know, feeling that we feels worries or frustrations. Overwhelmed, whatever we feel. Uh, it's actually an invitation. Right? If we if we can see an invitation in our challenge, what is the invitation here? We ask that, mm-hmm. just like I said, what is the invitation? Then we get away from this trying to fix things because that's right. that's our tendency. It's wrong, um, you know, good or bad, it's bad. Therefore, let's fix it is it according my expectation it doesn't according uh, doesn't go according to my expectation mm, that's
2: mm-hmm.
1: right because we have this a lot of our life is anticipation of what happened and to anticipate we make prediction and that is coming from you know expectation judgment but when yeah. we allow and we said okay this is what i feel right now i feel challenged i do expect thing and it didn't happen um, because sometimes we cannot help it but we can say okay what's what's the invitation here and through that question um, we find the answer so I love I love where you're going because in a way what I found like this couple of years even especially this year since or last year since COVID, we're not here to fix or solve problem you know like, this is the thing about, right, um, in, the, in the professional world, we, we become professional to fix other people's problems.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so what we do is we see problem first. What's the problem? And that's, that's our tendency, uh, our survival bias. What's the problem? Let's fix it. But actually, um, it's more about s- seeing it and being with it so we can have a gift that comes from it. And and through that gift, we expand and evolve. Hmm. And sometimes, especially, you know, if, if all of you people who are listening in here, who are in their path of transitions, of wanting to do what really meant in their life, and they that they're in, you know, not knowing what to do, is... What we are asked to be is to be present and to be coming to know. That's the different thing. When we're not sure is not for us to let's solve it, let's get away from it, let's find strategy, is to be to slow down and to create a space to become known. Because when when we becoming like becoming knowing is meaning that we open to what's emerging. Right. Because otherwise we're like, okay, we go back to this amazing analytical mind because most of us get paid compensated financially because we do things that we repeat. Well,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: right. Like the more, the better you are in what you repeat, the more money you get. So we get used to repeating, you know, we use methodology at work to do something, right? We sell our service because we have this proven methodology. And and we were, you know, we look at patterns that familiar familiar and apply the methodologies, but in life it's organic. It's not like in a lab or in a certain um, things that you can kind of, take everything out and just focus on that. It's all interconnected. Mm -hmm. So um, in, in moving to something that unknown, which is called progress and possibilities, we need to be able to allow and to create a space where we are fine with not knowing. And I think that's where I'm you know, going back to my journey is like when I'm moving from Indonesia and coming here, not knowing the culture, mm-hmm. not knowing everything. Um, when I decided I, you know, this is, this is it. I'm going to leave my corporate career and do something that very close to my heart, not knowing, because I know yeah. I'm preparing myself, learning marketings and learning all the technique and, you know, how to, you know, like, this proven strategy, but never it didn't it didn't feel effective for me because I I was too afraid and I was too want to make sure that it goes well. I I have failing. I'm afraid of what if this doesn't work, what if that doesn't work? And when I'm in that situation, I'm paralyzed. I cannot do anything, right? And In organization, you have team that can help you, you know, you can specialize in one thing, but in life, or things that what you're going to do, you've never done before. That's that's a different ballgame. There's so much you don't know. Right?
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I Well, I just wanted to go back to the question you actually asked. You know, it's what's the invitation here? I think there's... Um, For those who are, you know, going through a lot of struggle, especially during these times, I mean, there's just a lot of grief and loss, heartbreak, you know, that's been experienced. And I just love that question. Perhaps, you know, in in moments like this to to ask, like, what's the invitation for me here in this moment? Mm -hmm. Or what unravels, what's opening up? Mm -hmm. And also what's emerging? right? So you mentioned about um, the unknown, you mentioned about uncertainty, but yes, yeah, as, as humans, I think we are wired to want something that is certain because otherwise it's going to be a, a threat to yes. our, right. To our survival. Right. Yes. So, so it's what is out there. Is it going to harm us, yes. harm me or not? And that's very understandable.
2: Hmm.
0: Now, I guess I want to touch on, um, and you mentioned this a little bit, like early this year, so you made a bold move of actually leaving 20 years of your corporate career um, into a journey into the unknown. And you're talking a little bit about that. So, But what led you from taking that leap, you know, from a safe and secure corporate job that's providing you into a path of uncertainty?
1: Mm. Um. I spent in. I felt like in this painful place where I know. I think most of us feel this way when when we know our purpose is something else. When we know there's something more to life than doing repetitions of, you know, what we're good at. Um, and I've been thinking about that um many years but i'm too scared i'm too scared um to get out of it because you know it's nice to have paycheck every two weeks (laughs) Mm -hmm. exactly you know i have mortgage i have family to feed um so it's hard um and and i think you know, in 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 a way like when I take a look when I look back on things that I, sometimes we need to be pushed, right? And I think coffee pushed that. COVID pushed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in the last part of my corporate career, there was something happened that is really, really make me see things like really open my eyes. How um, how sometimes. How much fear dominated into workspace, um, and how fear is in the systems and create looking us not as human but as a you know more like you gotta fit here in this puzzle, and and I start seeing like um, sometimes in in you know. In, in this organiz- in like all organization in the world, all institutions and everything about uh, about the culture itself is if you want to be successful, fit in. If you can fit our need in this puzzle, you'll be successful. Because if it doesn't fit, you fail. It doesn't function well. But what happened is because of we learned to fit in even since our childhood, right? Like, five years old, you know, be quiet, don't play outside or like be in in the in the group of people, behave this way, otherwise you get this there's some consequence, which is which is it it works, right? It's it's the way uh, we learn to be with others in the societies. But what happened is we um, we lost our willingness. We put aside our willingness in order to, and then we live by obligation, right? So, you know, you've got paid this much. um, Your hours are for, because you've been paid, and this is what your work. And sometimes it's great. We love having the opportunities, and it's challenging. It gives us satisfaction, um, fulfillment. But sometimes it doesn't, because if we do the same thing over and over again, you know, like all, you know, all human, we we want growth and we want something different. And our feelings, our mood are changing every time. So, and sometimes we grow, but our work doesn't grow. Keep us in. Mm
2: -hmm. And and I think
1: that's many, many things. And then what we do is we close down ourselves because we got to perform we cannot afford not to perform well. So what we do is we cut off our willingness and we just push ourselves for the sake of obligations. So we Mm -hmm. live, we do things, we perform based on obligations. And we never asked ourselves, are you willing? Are you willing to do this? Mm -hmm.
0: It comes out is a question like where are you sourcing it from mm-hmm. so in in work or in the purpose or calling that you have in life it's asking a question also like where am I sourcing this from is it coming from love is it coming from yes. fear and if it's coming from love and I think that's where the willingness comes mm-hmm. in and despite all of the challenges and difficulties that you will of course encounter. I'm sourcing it from this place of deep love and that I am committed to making it happen no matter what happens along the way. So that's what I'm hearing from you. And I believe that, you know, the COVID really was that great, you know, catalyst to to bring people to actually, you know, come to their senses and and ask that question. I think a lot of people are asking that question of, you know, what is this life for, right? What What am I doing this for? And I think that there is even a term for that, right? So the great resignation, like people just, you know, leaving their jobs and just really taking it from here that, hey, if, you know, life is short and here's what I'm willing to do at this time. And I know it might be that, Turning my back on something that is safe and secure, but I only have, like, you know, this life to live and am willing to do something that will make me happy or do something that is purposeful. And one of the other things that actually reminds me of is, you know, I I I have this book um, from Parker Palmer. So it's called Courage to Teach. And there is a quote there that he included from frederick buchner and he said that so i have this book here beside me <laughs> cuz i just absolutely love it so from frederick buchner he said that vocation so vocation for him is like heart's mass right so what what is your calling what is that purpose so he said vocation is a place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger
1: meets wow that's beautiful
0: It is, right? So um, Parker Palmer actually said that, you know, if a work is something that is mine to do, it will make me glad over the long haul, despite the difficult days. So I, I, I relate this to what you said about the willingness and the commitment. And he also asked this question, you know, what brings more security in the long run Is it holding this job or honoring my soul? Mm -hmm. And that that really hits me each time when I think about, oh, but then, you know, what am I going to do if, you know, there's bills to pay? There's like all of this stuff stuff that it's like, you know, there's a long list of things that we have to out of obligation. Mm -hmm. Yes. But it's also coming back into that. Okay. So am I, you know, it's, is it holding this job, but am I also honoring my soul? And that leads me to, you know, to one other thing that I wanted to ask you. Like right now, there are while there are people who can say that, hey, you know what, I'm done with this, I'm gonna do something that I wanted to do for a long time. But there are also other people who are, I can't do this Mm -hmm. yet, right? Mm -hmm. Yet. And even if I wanted to leave this job to pursue something that I've been wanting to do or leave this relationship that's no longer working or leave a life, an old life behind. Right. But I just, I'm not yet in that space Mm -hmm. now. uh, How do you think can they work with what they have at the moment Mm -hmm. and still be true to what they want? So being in between, like,
1: what what can you say? About that? I love your questions. That's a great question. Um, and I first of all, I I just want to say I know how you know uncomfortable it is to be in that situation because I I I've been there before, um, and and I want to answer that from this place, from the place I am now, looking back. Right? Like from the place you are now, things don't make sense. You want to get out of it. You want to do it as soon as possible. And how, you know, everything is miserable because you cannot do what you want, <laughs> stuff like that. But yeah. I'm, I'm going to answer it from, from this place now. Honor wherever you are. And it's okay to be where you are now. It's okay to be not ready now. Because What happened is if you believe and if you keep following your longing, right? If you're not if you're not putting yourself in conflict saying this or that, right, either this or that, then you I think that's that's the that's the most miserable way when our mind is saying you gotta pick this or that. And if it's great if you can pick the other one in one, but if you cannot at this moment because of the obligation, which is still important, we we have, some, you know, things that we need to fulfill, it's gonna be miserable. So what my suggestion is this: it's not this or that. Even in your work, even in the place, in the relationship, in the workplace where you are in, that you cannot let go you still can do things that according to your heart right because this is the thing our brain always said hear how it looks like when i follow my heart hear how it looks like when i don't follow my heart Mm -hmm. and sometimes we just should like ignore (laughs) it's very black and white and life is not black and white so for example you know, like just things that you do with the podcast, just follow your heart, right? Maybe you still have to, you know, obligation, uh, do work, just follow your heart. And enjoying that moment when you follow, if what happens is it's going to propel you to get out. Like it's going to create mm. an po- opportunity, it's going to create ways to moving closely to where you want want to be. And it gives you that readiness because I was not ready two years ago, even though I wanted so much. And 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 things that happened to me last year, including COVID, is really the ones that gave me readiness. And, and another thing is, you know, sometimes when we are in this situation in transition or wanting to transition, we always felt it is our effort we need to do something if we don't do something things doesn't happen right that's
2: Mm -hmm, in -hmm. everything
1: right work hard survival but actually you're not alone if you really want to follow your heart everything you know like the universe works behind your back and if you can allow that that if if this is your sole purpose and you keep believing in that and keep like holding it gently, right? Like dropping into it, even though the situation maybe doesn't feel going there, trusting that everything works out. Like you working on your part, right? Because we do have to work on our part, but like there's things outside of ourselves working for that purpose too. Because if it's not a selfish Mm. purpose, you know, I want to, you know, Mm. have... Seven figures, this, but if it's more like a purposeful that is con- that interconnect and 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 level up, level up our humanities. You're not working alone. Never working mm. alone that way. So if you can trust that, and also, I, I the other thing is I found there's two things, um, purpose, right. Or like, I need to do this. This is my sole purpose. It feels like it's higher self. You know, it's higher thing. It's a higher goal that sometimes it's hard to achieve because it's, well, it's very far out there than we are right now. We're like having a lot of things to fix or feels not enough. Um, but at the same time, also don't take ourselves seriously. You know what i mm. yeah. <laughs> <Just> Play. <laughs> Just be here and play. Um, so having that higher purpose sometimes get us into this, oh, this is unachievable because we still have, it's not enough. I need to be prepared. I need to do something. I need to always uh, grow myself, right? Learn new things. And yeah. then we stuck in that circle of like, okay, I need to prepare. I need to do something more so that I can ready, get ready, right? Um, so if we, if we just don't take ourselves seriously and display it like, you know, like kids never. And it's another thing is this is, this is the thing about adult, right? Right. That is so that cut us off from our heart. We do something because if we do something, then something else happens, you know, like
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, I, um, I work so that I get paid, so that I can take vacation. Mm-hmm. When I take vacation, mm-hmm. I can enjoy myself. See, you see how how many layers to so enjoy yourself mm-hmm. before enjoy yourself. <laughs> it's like this is this is the game, the the mind game that we all adult play. To do something, therefore, we're gonna have to go to this touch point and, and this, therefore, then we got gonna get our goal. But kids never do that. When you go to play in playground, they just play because they wanna play. They create, Mm -hmm. they draw because they draw. It's not like, oh, because I if I draw now, then my skill is gonna get better. If I draw more, then I you know maybe that one day I can become an artist and I get not nothing of that. It's like
2: they
1: want it because their heart desires want it.
0: i'm hearing here is that to just trust trusting in the emergence of things and it releases us from suffering right it releases us from misery because when we trust it gives us it allows us to have that space also you know for something maybe creativity inviting creativity right to happen and just whatever, allow life to surprise us. <laughs> so I think that's that's what I'm hearing from you. And you mentioned about heart space, and I want to go to that, lead this conversation to that. You have this, I know you teach people also how to move from the head space mm-hmm. to the heart mm-hmm. space, right? Now, this is a theory that a lot of people, right? No, kind of know. Right, what that is like okay, I have to like you know, from my heart from intuition, but then we live in our heads pretty much all the time, and it's about doing, doing, going, taking action, and then you know, and it gives us a lot also of that suffering. Now, uh, how do you move? So maybe give us like two to three things, you know, if there's any takeaway that um the listeners can have, like, how do you move from your headspace? To the heart space. Mm.
1: First of all, I, I want to I want to ex- explain why heart space. I, I know everyone know like heart heart. You know, coming to your heart, like speaking from your heart, doing from your heart. It's because um, for me, the understanding of heart space is a gentle holding space where all feelings, thoughts. And sensations are welcome. So it is a space where we can have a loving relationship with our complexity and contradiction. Mm. So no pushing or pulling just is. Because through that deliberately gentle holding, a different kind of intelligence and clarity can emerge. So the reason why it's hard space, maybe it could be a concept, it could be a metaphor, I mean, we still use our mind in a way, but the idea is like if we change the way uh, way we think, right? This is about thinking is, but the head is either this or that. So when you have uncomfortable feeling, what happens is it wants to go fast as it can. because It doesn't want to feel it. Um, we need a space where... Because we we are very um, multi-layered being. We're not just one. We're not just you know. When I tell you I'm Christine, it's just a name, a label. But there's so much dimension about me that you don't know just by knowing my name, right? Mm-hmm. There's yeah. so much thing that we label in our head about how things work about ourselves that beyond what it is So in me for example, I have um, part of me that wants freedom wants creativity but I also have part of me that is that wanting control right we do mm-hmm. have that in, in some degrees. So how can part of me that want want to be in in strict control and control do it, you know have good relationship with part of me that wants the freedom? Um therefore we need a space where it can contain all of it. And our hearts are bigger enough to hold that than our head, because our head always wants to get some solution, conclusions. So the first thing to return to the heart is you not is to slow down. Right? Slowing down. And to learn not to fix problems, <laughs> um, but to, to allow this, to trust, right? It's the way to go to the heart is to learn to trust. And as the thing is, when we learn to trust, we start seeing, we start having a peripheral vision instead of a narrow focus in, analytical mm-hmm. um, way of, of seeing things. It's very narrow focus. So the idea about trust is like opening your peripheral so you can see more things and contain more things. But when our uh, intellectual mind seeing things is like taking a pictures, taking a shot, like a face. And then, you know, I see this and I compare my the shot that I take maybe two years ago or even yesterday to whatever happened. So it's 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 dead, it's not alive, it's not relational because you take something that is freezing, that is stopped, right? But in relation, everything moves at the same time, always moving. So the idea is how can we trust and being able to move back and seeing all the relational and then it starts with trust. So if you think what else, what is one thing you can do to, you know, mm-hmm. to work in your heart or move from your, to the heart space is learn to trust. Learn. Yeah, trust is,
0: um, trust is really, I think this is what has been coming out, has emerged in this conversation. It's that trusting. And um. so you mentioned about, you know, first the slowing down, right? Because of course, if we keep like going, 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 pushing, pushing and striving, um, nothing's going to come out because we are like stressed out. We're uh, filled with tension, constricted. And second is the allowing and the trusting that comes. And then what comes with it too is that knowing that everything is relational and interconnected Mm -hmm. in this life and that there's always a flow and movement. And that brings me to... um, you know this thought that you know we are there's nothing you know permanent. So there's impermanence in this world, and um, one good thing is that if you are in a difficult spot now, it's not going to be there forever. And speaking of the heart, for me, it's also you know it's about sensations, it's about emotions, it's about like bringing in that you know our five senses. Right, it's the touch, the feel. You know, how do we sense the world is, and how do we now internalize that? I think that's how I understand um, moving from uh, the autopilot of just getting things done. This is action oriented. You know, moving into something where we allow things to be and just experiencing the world. I guess no matter. Um, how pleasant or unpleasant things come right now. So, yeah, so this is uh, very rich, uh, Christine. And um, I want to wrap this up with uh, a question that I ask all of my guests. And this is, you know, what does making an impact mean for you?
1: That's a very good question. I start to believe that and again, living in the heart space, knowing the re- relational things, um, not depending too much on my thinking capacity, but also feeling, sensing. Um, I believe we all are interconnected. And I I, I sense more of the wholeness of myself and wholeness with others, wholeness with the world. Um, making an impact for me is by being truly myself, if I just be truly myself, and allow, like, I don't have to fix people, I don't have to tell people what to do, I just be myself, and allowing that, this me, with, you know, all the trauma experience, and loving that part of me, that's enough to make an impact because it's not about telling people what to do. It's about living the life where people said, oh, that's possible. I didn't know that's possible. And that's for me making an impact. And everything that come out from my mouth, or words were coming from that energy, from that space. So I don't have to worry about what I said. I don't have to worry about what I do because i just going to, be doing it from the being, from expressing who I am, because I'm allowing myself to be full, fully myself. Um, so it becomes so simple to make an impact. No strategy, no like learning or going to a mountains and learning with the you know, this gurus or it just be yourself.
0: I love that. Um, making an impact in the world by just being who you are. So, Christine, um, this has been uh, very filling and very heartwarming, I guess, conversation that we have. And I'm so grateful once again for saying yes to this. And for sharing your own knowledge, your own experience about um, about how you navigate through the challenges and you know difficulties in life, and just learning from all of that, and now you are um, doing your own part in sharing your work to other people, and so. Before I end, um, I want to know if, is there anything else that you would like uh, the listeners to know?
1: First of all, thank you, Francis, for these conversations. And and I love your reflections. It's it's so great to hear it from different people, from the way you just, the way you say it, the way you are, saying it back to me, I learned uh, so much (laughs) from it as well. Um, Yes, so... This is just an idea and see if you can apply it. Not like have to, a strategy, but what if everything that you do, what is what happened? What is what you said or what you move? Um, Anything that you do right now is perfect the way they are. It's just complete. It's just what it is for right now at this moment. Um, I just want to leave that for
0: audience thank you once again Christine and I hope to have you here back soon sounds good
1: thank you Francis
0: thank you for listening to Big Impact Women you can read and download a full transcript at bigimpactwomen.com forward slash podcast if you like this episode and want to hear more hit the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app if you feel moved and inspired, head to iTunes and leave us a review. I love hearing your feedback on how we can continue to grow and evolve the program. I believe when women come together, we can co-create humanity's new story and contribute our gifts to the world. Bigimpactwomen.com. Go ahead, make an impact.